It's another Friday, so it means it's time to answer more questions from our mailbag next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Jack Johnson. You can give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. It's also very easy to find us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. We're also on YouTube and about 20 subscribers away from our goal of 1,000 by opening day 2024. So we feel pretty good about getting to that total, but keep subscribing. Even when we get to 1,000, we're going to set another goal of 2,000 by hopefully some point in the regular season. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel and Ibotta. We've got plenty of more coming up on them throughout the show today, but be sure to create your account on FanDuel and get very familiar with Ibotta, which again, we're going to talk about in about 15 minutes or so. You can always reach me on the YouTube channel or on Twitter, of course. And we're also on TikTok and Instagram at locked underscore on underscore royals. If you're a first-time listener, of course, welcome in. We love the new listeners here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I work in Kansas City here, so I'm pretty involved in in the sports world. It's been very busy with the Super Bowl this week in Kansas City. Uh, So been trying my best to get these out in the timely manner. But next week shouldn't be too much of an issue in getting these out at proper times and not going to be too late, but moving forward and for the next 10 months or so, five episodes a week, which is what makes us unique here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, daily content, Royals baseball every single day, except for the weekends. But that doesn't mean we're going to stop bringing you content because I usually am pretty active on Twitter throughout the weekend. So plenty of ways to find us, plenty of ways to follow along. And again, I'll always be sure to get to your questions on days like today when it's a mailbag Friday. And we might have set a record, to be honest with you with mailbag questions that we got. I believe it was 20 in total. So I'm really going to have to try to move quickly and squeeze everything in before our 30-minute timer is up here. So I want to jump in to Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, for our 20 questions. And again, moving forward, if you are that first-time listener, Twitter is the best way to reach me for a mailbag Friday. You can send them to me right below the tweet, or you can direct message me if you don't feel comfortable uh, giving a public question, but I always try to get to them and I'll give your name out. Or I'll give a shout out. I should say not give it out to just anybody, but I'll shout out uh, whoever asked the question, because if you're proud enough to make it public, I want to make sure you guys are given credit on those questions. So the first question we got today is from Dustin. He says, why do we not seem to be very active in international signings for prospects had over 7 million to spend and only grabbed one top 50 guy and others with less money end up with four to five. And last year, also, one in the top 50, ranked 49th, seems dumb to not max out on talent there. Um, I would actually say the Royals were somewhat aggressive with higher-end guys in this uh, latest international prospect pool. I think the year before that, they wanted to spread the money around and uh, make sure they were trying to get as many guys uh, to deals as they possibly could. There's a couple different ways that you can attack the international market. I don't think the Royals have been particularly good in that department. However, I think they did do a little bit of a, 
a different mentality this go around. You know, even if these are top 50 guys, they're top 30 guys, international prospects are nearly impossible uh, to figure out. You never really can tell how good a guy is at 16 years old. They're not even guys. They're they're teenagers, right? They're kids that you're trying to evaluate if they're a major leaguer. I mean, I think it's hilarious that with international prospects, you can have guys like Ellie De La Cruz, who wasn't even in the top 50. He just was a tall, skinny kid they took a chance on, and look what he became. Now, one of the young stars in all of baseball. Ronald Acuna Jr. wasn't even a shoe-in, right? There's guys that emerge later. There's guys that you know, for top 50s, maybe that's the best they get. I mean, the Royals had Eric Pena Jr., who was top five in the prospect list, and he's not even made it past high A yet. So it's really a crapshoot. It's more of throwing it at a dartboard. Could they be more aggressive? Yes. But I also want them to maybe spend more money on fewer players than spreading it all around and hoping you hit on maybe one of, of 30 or 40 guys there. So I kind of like the way they approached it. They could have been more aggressive for sure, but we'll see what happens in the next go around with the international prospects. But good question there from Dustin Lane asks, how dominant do you predict to be Cole Reagans to be this year? I'd imagine if he stays healthy, he's going to be pretty dominant. It's the advanced analytics that'll tell you that the spin rate, the fastball velocity. He said at Royals rally, he was working on a couple new pitches uh, he is somebody that's got ace stuff, and we saw it last year. And I don't think his stuff was great because the Royals are playing in meaningless games. If anything, I think his stuff's going to get better when the adrenaline is rushing. I asked him a few questions about that velocity and how he's hitting 99, 100, and 101 in the sixth inning. And he said some of it is you know, repeatability. I feel comfortable with my mechanics. And the other part is adrenaline. You don't think that when he's pitching in bigger games, maybe opening day, that stuff's going to be more on fire? I believe that he has a chance to be really dominant this year. The only thing that would hang him up, in my opinion, is lack of command, which we saw tail off toward the end of the year, and then injuries. If he can't stay healthy, of course, he doesn't have a chance to be dominant. But if he's healthy and he's you know not walking four, five, six guys in outing, which we saw when he was only walking one or two, maybe three at max, he was pretty damn dominant. So I expect right now him to be very dominant this year. AL Cy Young, likely not. All-star. Uh, fringe, maybe he'd really have to, you know, go on and tear it the first half of the season, but he'll be talked about. That's for sure. If he can get around 170, 180 innings, a sub three ERA, that's what I think Cole Reagans can be for the Royals in 2024. Next question comes from Tyler. Who do you see having the biggest improvement in spring training? Great question there. I think Michael Massey. I brought up Michael Massey as a guy that can start pretty hot at the beginning of the year. I believe he's going to be one of those guys that's fueled by the signings of Adam Frazier and Garrett Hampson. He feels like his spot is not locked in. He's got to earn that spot. And sometimes guys that are fighting positions or fighting for positions have a better chance of thriving in spring training. I think he's going to look good. I think Brady Singer is going to look good with more of a normal spring training. And then I'd probably say, you know, MJ Melendez might have a pretty good spring training. I think those three guys are the ones I have my eye on. So that would be my vote for that question. Good question there from Tyler, though. Uh, question number four, how attractive a landing spot is Kansas City for future free agents after the Bobby Wood Jr. extension? Well, we know that uh, that was a big emphasis with the Royals in, in going after that long-term deal with Bobby Wood Jr. They want it to be an attractive spot for free agents. I think it is more attractive, but I'll tell you this, it's not going to be attractive if the Royals don't win. At the end of the day, it's about winning these baseball games. If you're still losing 90 to 100 with Bobby Wood Jr., 
it doesn't matter how attractive of a spot that is. I mean, think about the Angels. You know, Orange County, I've been there. I've been to Angels Park. I've been to Anaheim. And Mike Trout was there and Otani was there. And you'd think that's a great spot to play. But the Angels are never in meaningful games. So it's not that attractive at the end. Now, they still get free agents, but it's not as glorious as the Dodgers. who are right down the road. It's because the Dodgers win a lot more than the Angels do. So that's kind of where I'm at with this deal. The way you make it more attractive, you win some baseball games. Next question comes from Lance. Favorite for the closer role, start of the season, second half, end of the year. Great question there, Lance. I think Will Smith is the closer to begin the year, unless they were to go after that you know, closer via trade that was rumored by Ken Rosenthal. But I'd imagine right now Will Smith is that closer from the get-go. Second half of the season, man, I'm really high on John McMillan. I hope McMillan can stay healthy because he's got closer stuff. If John McMillan's not healthy, then it's James MacArthur for me. So those three, I think, are kind of interchangeable for the closer role. But I'd imagine in April, as some teams do, you give the guy with the most closing experience, which would be Will Smith. Second half, McMillan or MacArthur. Next question comes from Ryan. Number one, what's the biggest need you see for this team currently? And number two, what kind of moves could you see being made at the deadline if they decide to be buyers? Or what names would they try to move if they are sold? Uh, Number one on that. I think the biggest need is still, oh, maybe an extra starter starting depth. Um, I would like to see another starter for the rotation just to maybe make a run for it at the fifth spot. You have Jordan Lyles there now. Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich will be coming in midseason. You know, Marsh and Veneziano and Bowen. But to have maybe one more guy that could provide some relief, a Ryan Yarbrough type would feel pretty good. Um, I also think that, it wouldn't be a bad idea to add an extra bullpen piece. That, to me, feels like a really good idea to go for because bullpen guys get hurt all the time. Some guys don't perform. You want to have some pretty good depth there. As for number two, if they were buyers at the deadline, here's what I would say. Go back to 2013 uh, when the Royals were ahead of schedule, if you want to call them ahead of schedule. But they had a winning record, right? And Or they were close to winning record. Might have been 500. Same thing in 2014, for that matter. And they kind of banked on who they had. I, I believe if the Royals are in it at the deadline, they're not going to be really buyers. They're going to roll the dice with who they have because their farm system is not that loaded. There's some good depth guys, but not top-end prospects. And the Royals are hopefully in year one of this contention window where you don't need to sell the farm to go out there and win. I don't imagine them, even if they are, in the hunt, they have the first spot or first place in the American League Central or wild card spot. I don't imagine they're going to be buying heavy because they don't have the prospects really to do so. And if they're sellers, I think it would make sense to maybe trade away. Oh, good question. Maybe a Brady Singer. You get some value there. I'm just not into trading Lugo and Waka. Um, if they're not performing well, it doesn't make sense just to unload them. Um, I would probably just keep him around for another year and the Royals would do that. I, I'd imagine you try to get the high upside at that point. So Brady Singer makes a lot of sense. Maybe a Kyle Isbell, if he plays really well in the first half. An MJ Melendez, maybe a Freddie Fermin. That's probably what I would see if the Royals are to be sellers. Bullpen guys, Carlos Hernandez. Um, yeah, a Will Smith. Guys on one-year deals, Chris Stratton. That's what I think would be the likeliest option if they are to be sellers at the deadline. Okay, we still got 15 more questions or so to get into. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, more questions on the way for a Mailback Friday on Lockdown Royals. You are tuning to Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to Ibotta, one of the 
star sponsors of today's show. We always love having Ibotta with us. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using code LOCKEDONMLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONMLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDON. You know it's going to be very busy coming up here in the coming months, getting ready for the Super Bowl, getting ready for spring training opening day. You want to make sure you're saving money when you're shopping. So Ibotta is the best thing to go out there and use. And be sure to save some money by using that code, again, LOCKEDONMLB, and go find it in the Google Play or App Store at Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A. Again, that's I Bada. More questions that we got here on Twitter or X. The next one from Gabe. Who do you think will be the closer at the start of the season? Kind of touched that on that on that already with Lance's question. Uh, it's probably going to be Will Smith. Uh, they could always go closer by committee. Maybe they give it to James MacArthur. But I'd imagine they brought in Will Smith for his veteran presence. And he's also got closing experience not only in the regular season, but also in the postseason. And on top of that, the World Series. So I think... Will Smith will be the guy from the get-go. Next question comes from Briley. Who on our team is most likely to get traded at the trade deadline this year? Yeah, I mean, the one-year deal guys make a lot of sense. That's always going to be my vote. Will Smith, Chris Stratton, Hunter Renfro, all one-year deal guys. If they wanted more high upside, I think Brady Singer, again, would be one of those candidates. Adam Frazier, I forgot to add him in as a one-year deal. Garrett Hampson, another one. MJ Melendez, I'd pair him with a Brady Singer as an upside guy. Kyle Isbell, upside guy. Drew Waters, maybe. Um, I would say Lugo or Waka, but they still have him under contract for another year. And the Royals, I don't think, want to move off those guys after, you know, what would that be, 15 or 20 starts? That would kind of be abandoning the process. And I'll tell you this, if they're to trade Waka and Lugo, it's probably because the Royals have had one of the worst first halves of anybody in all of baseball, which I don't really envision happening. And we'll talk about that in our final segment today. Next question comes from Ben. Is trading or signing a closer still possible? Well, when I asked J.J. Bacole that at Royals rally, he gave an answer kind of along the lines of, over the next five to six weeks, we're going to be opportunistic. If there's something there, we're going to take advantage of it. I know that's more so front office speak, general manager speak. That could mean they're done. That could mean they're also actively looking for a guy. Spring training, you can see a lot of trades being made. Um, You can see front offices wait to see who's cut, who's DFA'd, who they're going to be moving on from. Right now, though, my gut tells me no. I think they might have entertained the market, and they just don't have the resources to go after one. Or maybe they just thought those teams were asking too much for a player, and they want to roll with who they got. So right now, I'm leaning no more than I am, yes. This question, another one from Dustin. Why hasn't anyone picked up Brian Stanek yet? I think he'd be great here. Could maybe even be our closer, but for sure a setup man. We need a guy like him, a Kyle Farnsworth type. What a poll there. Bringing some attitude and toughness to the pen we so desperately need. I think this bullpen is going to be a lot better than people think. There's a lot more reliability there. And I think guys that can bounce back, Carlos Hernandez being one of them. I also think that Somebody like a, you know, a Daniel Lynch or a Josh Taylor, Jake Brents could have a pretty good bounce back year. We'll see on that. Ryan Stanek does make a lot of sense for this team. Anytime though you see a bullpen arm go this long without signing 
it's not a no-brainer. It's probably a likely scenario that Ryan Stanek's asking for more than he's really worth. And then once spring training rolls around, you'll see that price drop a little bit more because these guys don't want to join middle of spring training. They want a full spring training. So we'll see the market start to heat up a little bit. But right now, my guess is that he's asking for more money than teams really want to give him. Next question comes from Matt. After all the talk of players all the way up to the owner, do you think another free agent move is on the way? You add someone like Cody Bellinger or Blake Snell to this team and it starts to look more plausible. Yeah, I'm not going to say that Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell are likely candidates out there. They're going to go to Chicago or they're going to go to San Francisco. The Royals have spent a lot of money this offseason. And I know that we want to get into this mentality of they can spend for anybody now. And I believe they've changed their mentality, but baby steps here. Okay. I don't think they're going to sign Bobby Wood Jr. to a $290 million deal and then go give Cody Bellinger or Blake Snell that type of money or not, of course, that much money but a pretty expensive contract. Matt Chapman, Snell, Bellinger, they're going to want a lot of money. And you know why? Because Scott Boris is their agent. And Scott Boris is not going to settle for what the Royals will be offering them. And I think they already have their lineup and rotation set. I, I don't see any more additions happening that way. If there is a free agent move to be made, I'd imagine it'll be a minor league deal for the bullpen or minor league deal for somebody in the rotation. That seems more likely at this point. Jake asked on Twitter or X, it seems like uh, consensus is Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny Pasquantino, Michael Garcia as the top three hitters in terms of skill going into the season. Who is most likely to drop out of the top three and who is most likely to move in over the course of the season? Really good question there. A lot of moving pieces. I'd say as much as I like him, Michael Garcia has the best chance to fall out of that top three, not because he's not good enough, but because Vinny Pasquantino, lots of power, great walk rate. I think he's going to be an all-star this year. I've already said that before. Bobby Wood Jr. could be an MVP candidate. So those are who he's going up against. It's by default, basically. But somebody that could surpass Michael Garcia, I think MJ Melendez could. I really think MJ is going to have a bounce-back year. Fangraphs projects him to have a bounce-back year. So he could kind of slide into that top three spot. Maybe Hunter Renfro could return to 2021-2022 form. I'm still holding my breath on that. Maybe Salvador Perez returns to 2021 form. But right now, I think those are going to be the top three hitters all year long. But if there was somebody to fall out, Garcia would be one of them. And then I'd probably lean on a, an MJ Melendez or a Salvi to jump into that top three hitter spot. Next question comes from Dominic with the Royals farm system, still among the worst in baseball. In the world we live in with Bobby Witt Jr. locked up long term, how big of a priority should the front office put on rebuilding it over winning now? John Sherman said, that they still desperately want to replenish that farm system. And, and David Lesky and Preston Farr and Royals Review, they've all done a good job of kind of breaking down this farm system and what others are saying out there. I think the farm system is as bad as people think. There's just not a lot of star power. There's not a true number one prospect. Blake Mitchell's their only top 100, and he's barely in the top 100. Replenishing it is important. I also think the Royals can go about it in a unique way, right? They got Cole Reagans last year. He's a young piece, a controllable piece. I would take Cole Reagans over, you know, going out there and getting a lottery ticket. Or they did get a lottery ticket in that deal, but a top 10 in somebody's system. Because Cole Reagans showed that he can be an ace type of person. So, to me, it's important replenishing the farm system. I think it's going to come more so than dra through drafting than anything, to, my, uh, to be honest with you. But you can win now and still try to replenish the farm system. They want to build a competitive team at the major league level and still start to add talent to the farm system, which now with the new voices in the front office, I think I have a better chance of happening. 
Chance asks on uh, Twitter here, Brandon Woodruff is still out there. What kind of deal gets him uh, with Kyle Wright and company in the 2025 rotation? Yeah, there there must be a hang-up in terms of his physical. Uh, why teams might be a little bit scared away from him. And the Kyle Wright deal was a no-brainer because Jackson Coar was the was the casualty there. That's who they were giving up. Brandon Woodruff would probably take a little bit more, and then it comes down to how much can you trust him bouncing back? Like, if Kyle Wright never bounces back, they give up Jackson Coar. I think the Brewers are going to be asking more for Brandon Woodruff because of what he once was. Kyle Wright has one really good year to his big league name. The other year's not very good. Woodruff's been much more of a mainstay in Major League Baseball than Wright, so they're likely asking for a lot more than Jackson Coar, and that's probably scaring away a lot of teams. Dustin with another question here. Why not bring in Mike Clevenger as our fourth or fifth starter, solidify our rotation one through five, and trade bait if we have somebody healthy ready to take it over at the deadline and grab some more prospects? Um, Again, it could come down to pricing. I think they've already locked in their decision to make Jordan Lyles the five. I know that won't sit well with people. I'm not sure Mike Clevenger moves the needle for me. Uh, I think his stuff's okay. Jordan Lyles obviously isn't much better, but there's just better options currently in-house, I think. Uh, Mike Clevenger, for the price that he would be asking for, I just I don't think that it would be worth it, in my opinion. I, I think that the Royals clearly see something in the number five guy they have, whether Jordan Lyles bombs or not. They feel good about Daniel Lynch. They feel good about Marsh. And we'll see at that point. Maybe Mike Clevenger's still available at the early parts of the regular season, but we'll find out on that. All right, last two questions here. RB Carr asks, if you could add one player uh, to this team for the remaining free agents who would be realistic or not. For example, Bellinger would fit this team perfectly as a center fielder, two-hole hitter. Well, yeah, Bellinger would fit a lot of teams well at the two-hole hitter, but I don't see it being realistic. Ryan Stanek would be there for me. I think adding somebody to that bullpen would make the most sense. Uh, in terms of who's still out there, I know Matt Moore recently signed. Jake Diekman just signed because I tried to be looking for a left-hander. I might just settle with Ryan Stanek for now. Power arm out of the bullpen, more of a high leverage guy. I think that'd be nice to add to a bullpen that does need a lot of firepower in it to be much better than it was in 2023. So that's going to be my answer there. And lastly, Alvin Garcia says, love the show. Appreciate the kind word there. So since Bobby Wood Jr.'s contract is pretty low in 2024 and 2025, do you believe the Royals can get an ace for this season? Given that, for example, Jordan Montgomery is still available, maybe a two-year deal, Snell's a long shot, I believe. Yeah, again, I, I think the Royals got Lugo and Walker because they wanted those two guys to be in the top three, and then Reagans is the other guy. Um, I don't see them going out there and getting an ace, not this year and probably not next year. I think they're hoping Cole Reagans can become that guy. So for now, probably not. I know those guys are still out there, but it's because Scott Boris. I don't think they're going to settle for a two-year deal. They're probably looking four, five, six-year deal for a lot of money, and that's just out of the Royals' price range at this point in time. Well, thank you for all the questions. I know we ran a little bit over there, so we quickly have to hit break here. When we come back, we're going to go over those Pakoda projections that have the Royals at about 70 wins. That's next on Locked On Royals. You are tuning to Locked On Royals and the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ15. Before we go any further, one uh, want to give a shout out first here to Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire. And also, we want to give a shout-out to FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Super Bowl is just a few days away. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. 
As I've said all week long, I've got a couple of great prop bets going into the Chiefs and Niners game. A couple of Chiefs players, a couple of Niners players, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I can earn some big-time money from it because FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or even three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers that join today will get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The last thing I wanted to dive into, the final five minutes of the show, I know we ran long, but we had a record-breaking day with 20 questions from a mailbag Friday. Hopefully, my answers were good enough for those that asked the questions out there on Twitter, and you can always ask them on YouTube. If I don't get to them or I record before you send in the question, I'll try to answer that on Twitter or in the next Mailbag Friday, of course. But recently, the Pakoda projections came out and had the Royals at 70 wins for 2024. It's not going to sit well with a lot of people, including myself. I think the optimist in me thinks it's going to be a lot better than 70 wins. Then I also sat down and digested it a little bit and thought to myself, 70 wins is not great. It's also a 14-win improvement from last year. By every definition, that would be a significant jump. But is that good enough? That, that's kind of the, the funny thing here. I, I was blown away, actually. Somebody reached out to me on Twitter and said that Matt Quattrero has the second-best odds on FanDuel right now to win AL Manager of the Year. And I thought, man, that doesn't seem right. It's usually going to go to a manager that gets to the postseason. Well, you think about it. If the Royals win 78 games, that's a 22-win improvement. And even though the roster is completely different, that you can't ignore that. 22 wins above what you did last year is really impressive. And Pakoda is always going to lowball it a little bit. I think most of the time it's easy to bet the over on Pakoda projections, and I probably would with uh, this team. I'm going to know very early on if that bet makes a lot of sense or not. I just think that the ceiling of this team is not 70. It's not. I I could sit here and be a pessimist and go, well, it is the Royals. Things are bound to go wrong. You know, Walker and Luga could not be good. The bullpen arms could not be as good as advertised. Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny, Michael Garcia, they all take steps back. I could be the pessimist in that matter, but I'm not going to be. Uh, this is a team that I think has a ceiling of winning the division. I, I That's the ceiling. Everybody's got a ceiling. I think there are, we'll go four teams. Uh, if I'm going to call the Royals an AL Central title contender, I got to give other teams in the Central credit. I think everybody but the White Sox have a really good chance to compete at the top half of the division. A lot has to go into it. I think the Twins need less to go right. I think. The Tigers and Guardians are probably tied for what has to go right, and the Royals need a bit more to go right. I think I put them right at that fourth place, you know, mark for who needs stuff to go right for them, to be honest with you. Uh, It's not to say they can't have it, but it's going to take a MVP type of season from Bobby Wood Jr. It's going to take 
four guys in the rotation, giving you anywhere from 25 to 30 starts and valuable starts at that. You know, if Walk and Lugo can repeat their numbers from last year and Reagans is your true ace and Brady Singer returns to his best form, that was in 2022, that's going to help a lot. If Benny Pasquantino pay, plays a full year, Michael Garcia plays a full year and Salvi bounces back and you get one of MJ Melendez, Massey, or Isbell to really bust onto the scene, now we're talking about a team that could contend for a central title. The good news is, I think the floor is still a 10 to 12 win improvement. I do not see this team losing 100 games. It's really hard to lose 100. And with the roster they've assembled, I don't see that happening. I think the worst case scenario, well, I mean, I'm okay, let me walk that back a little bit. They could lose 100 if guys start getting hurt. Because then you revert back to what their roster looked like last year. No, but I also look at the way this roster was assembled in 2023. I mean, the first three starters in the rotation last year were Granke, Jordan Lyles, and Brad Keller. This year, it's going to be Walker or Reagans, and then the two would be Walker or Reagans, and then Seth Lugo. A guy with one of the most expensive deals in franchise history is the number three in this rotation. That's something. That shows you the floor has been raised. The bullpen, much better. The lineup appears to be much better. I, I think another year with this coaching staff is going to make this team a lot better. 70 wins, I'm betting the over. Call me an optimist. Call me a homer. Don't really care. But 70 wins, I don't see it. The, the floor, yeah, if guys get hurt, they could lose 106 games again. But they've also raised the floor because they've added so much. And it's unlikely seven or eight guys wind up on the injured list. But I'll, I'll even knock on wood for that. You can see the screen moving there on YouTube and probably heard it on the mic there. So don't want to jinx anything, but that's kind of where I'm at with these Pakoda projections. All right, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals and the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ15. Before we go, we have one last shout-out uh, to Lockdown Sports today. You can find it on so many outlets, 24-7 streaming service, uh, and go and subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast, but also subscribe to Lockdown Sports today. It is such a great outlet. You can get all of your content there, and it never ends. Who loves, you know, who else loves seeing sports all the time, every single day, every hour of the day. Go and subscribe. And again, you can find it on Amazon Fire. That is going to do it for another edition, of course, of Lockdown Royal. And we're going to send you off into the weekend. And hopefully you go to FanDuel and make some good bets for Super Bowl 58. Next week, we're going to be gearing up to head down to Surprise, Arizona, where we'll be Saturday through that following Wednesday. Plenty of player interviews, player uh, content, video we're going to have it all in the works. But until then, until Monday, you take it easy, Kansas City.